February 1st, 2009, James Harrison, the outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just got a 100-yard interception return for a touchdown to put his team ahead of the Arizona Cardinals 17-7. All of America is in amazement as they head to their guacamole dip and get some more chicken fingers for the second half. But before that, a longly anticipated halftime show by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band is ready to enter everyone's beautiful home. This is Halftime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Halftime, the podcast that gives you in-depth analyses of Super Bowl halftime performances that you never knew you needed. My name is Dan, and I am joined virtually by my co-host, Sam. Sam, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing great, Dan. I am happy. I am energetic because of the show that I just watched, which, to be honest, I had a ball. I had a ball during this. Well, let's. we'll just have to talk about that. <laughs> Do you not? <laughs> I mean, um, come on. Were you not laughing at, every, at least one moment during every song? Oh, I mean, come on. I mean... We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into All it. Right. This is, but we'll talk about it. This was, this was a good one. But before we get this. into it, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not already, please consider subscribing to our podcast. And while you're over there, go ahead and look in the description section and you will see a link to the video of this halftime performance. Both Sam and I highly suggest that you go ahead and you take a watch to that so that you will be able to understand what's going on. And while you're over there, again, go ahead and listen to some of our older ones if you want a little bit of background in terms of rating systems. I know that one of my favorite episodes was Prince, which was about two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. So go ahead and take a listen and a watch to those because they will 100% not disappoint. Yeah, I agree. Prince was a great episode. <laughs> Don't know what else to say. Uh, what you know, just listen to every episode while you're at it. You know, give 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 them all some views. Give them all some hits. We could use the we could use them. Why not? <laughs> well, let's talk about Bruce. All right, Dan. Remember, as I teased at the end of the last episode, they have been trying to get Bruce Springsteen for years, and apparently, they've been trying to get him since even 1975 since Super Bowl nine, And then I guess they've just been on and off about trying to get him. They have been anticipating this performance for years and years and years. And while I don't necessarily think it is the absolute best, I think it's delivered really well. I don't disagree with that. I think that it is definitely one of the better performances we've seen. But it was not my favorite. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit hard to top Prince, it's but... It's yeah, I will even agree with that. I it don't wasn't think it... perfect. Yeah, okay, not perfect, but it was so entertaining. It was, it was just, it was so much fun to watch. Like he had so much energy, and you could tell through every single sm song he had a huge smile on his face, and that really delivered to me. And he opened up with a speech that should be in the football hall of fame. That was I a mean, good speech. That introduction. A, let's just move on to it. So the introduction. I, all right. So I've got it written down. If you oh. don't mind. I want to say Yeah, please, this. please. Everybody. Okay. So. Wait. Before you start that. Take one. Lights. Camera action. This is Sam playing Bruce Springsteen. Go. 
And I mean, come on, Dan, that is like, that immediately got me pumped up. That got me into it. I was ready and revved up right there. He knew exactly what to say to get me ready. I stepped away from the guacamole dip. I was, some, I was eating chicken fingers, so I made sure to put them down. And thankfully, my parents weren't in the house, so I turned my TV all the way up because I didn't want to disturb them. So good thing they were on a walk. And you know what? It made the experience better. He was so right to do You forgot one part. What? At the very end, he strikes a pose where he is just basically on his knees on the stage around the microphone, and it is very oh. epic. That oh, is, it, it's a moment. It is just a picture perfect opportunity for Mr. I Springsteen. So I thought I also liked the mini skit in the beginning. We got to see a little mini skit where both uh, players from the Steelers and the Arizona Cardinals were reciting just kind of, I believe it was like almost word by word. They were kind of just introducing the band. They're like, yeah, welcome. Bring home the mighty power of the E Street Band and Bruce Springsteen, the Boston's, and like the coaches and all the players. Like, yeah, that was nice. But that was cool. It was a nice touch. Yeah. But then you get the Bruce Springsteen speech and you immediately forget about the skit. That's, <laughs> That's why Sam, I didn't even think it was bother, worth talking about. But I mean, I'm just going by the notes, my guy. But <laughs> what I will say is, you know. And at this point, I believe that the audience knows how much I love it when the at-home audience is addressed in a Super Bowl halftime performance. That really, really butters my biscuit. And so this speech was just something that was perfect to me. I loved it. I was all about the speech. I thought it was funny. I thought it was creative. And I think it's better than a lot of the other ones we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. I liked it. So while 10th Avenue freeze out is playing, he's going into the crowd. He's letting the crowd sing along. He's going to the saxophonist and he's like bowing down to him when he's doing his solo. Like he's doing a whole lot to really just like get every single person going. And then towards the end of the song, one of my favorite moments right out of the gate, other than the speech is when he does his little slide and he hits directly into the camera and it's just kind of like, oh, man, oh, didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> he's like, sorry, man, I didn't mean to crash into you. And I thought that was really funny. I, I liked that a lot. You could tell it was a full-on accident. <laughs> I didn't really know this song, if I'm being completely honest. I don't, I don't really know it. And so... Are you a Bruce Springsteen head? I am not a Bruce Springsteen head. I think I know maybe three songs by him. And that's okay. Born to Run. Um... Born in the USA. Born in the USA and Glory Days. Okay, that's fair. So I, I also didn't really know this song, but I still thought it was a good. It was a good for what it ended up being. But yeah. back to your opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that he really brought energy, which I think we both agree. But I think it was almost a controlled energy, like, and it was really? it was a confidence. In a good way, of course. Like, Bruce Springsteen knows when he walks on, he's a legend. Yeah. And so he's nuz- he doesn't need to go absolutely bonkers crazy. He, is- he brings this energy in how suave he is as he's moving around the stage. Obviously, 
had a little bit of a slide accident, like you mentioned, but <laughs> I don't know. To me, it just seemed like he was just, there's a different kind of energy that he brings and it's very unique. And I thought that it was really good. And I liked the crowd involvement. He had the crowd singing. He was reaching out to the fans and he was pointing the mic at them to have them sing, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Like but, I, he didn't even say 10th Avenue freeze out. He let the crowd do that for him. But I caught a couple mic technical difficulties throughout that. And I don't think it was the recording because the recording was done by the NFL or the YouTube episode we watched. So again, I'm being a snob today, Sam. I'm feeling like an absolute snob. And so I just I want to point you're out. You're wearing your glasses. You're wearing your uh, Super Bowl snob hat. I can see it. The audience at home can't, but I can. Oh, yeah. I'm, and do you see me waving down to you from my high horse? Yeah. every Everybody who knows uh, both of us personally, they'll know what we're talking about. And the fans at home that don't, well, just to believe us. But, yeah, it's just... <laughs> I'm being a snob today, and so I didn't like the mic technical difficulties. It was something that I feel like we haven't really seen in any of these Super Bowl performances. Okay. So it kind of stuck out to me a little bit. It I rubbed me a little bit of the wrong way. I didn't really notice it, and I think that's because like I was so into it that like I I wasn't looking so much technically because his energy that he was giving off. I was just having so much fun. Maybe I was blinded by the fun. Of well, it some all. of us still have so. to do our job of analyzing Super Bowl <laughs> halftime performances. Hey, I, I did a lot of background research on this, you know, uh, I mean, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff. He didn't want to do a lot of lights and uh, technicals because he wanted it to be about the music man uh, and a bunch of other stuff that I can bring up if it comes up later in the show. So, you know, well, it is what it is. He didn't think it was legit until Tom Petty performed. That's another note. <laughs> Not even the Prince show. It was the Tom Petty show specifically that made him want to do this. <laughs> he needed to just follow up on something. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was like, well, I can't follow up Prince, but I can definitely follow up Tom Petty. And he followed up perfectly. Moving on to Born to Run. Yes. I think it had some good aspects to it. I think it did, too. Um, I noticed that it jumped immediately into the second verse. We didn't hear the first verse. It just went second verse and then uh, into the chorus and then, of course, the very ending of it. Um, this, to me, was a throwback to my 2016 graduation party because I had a video montage of all my past videos and this song was the underlining song in it so that's how i kind of know this song so well and i was just like oh i gotta hear this again after like hearing it a hundred times so many years ago and yeah so that was uh one of my notes i thought the saxophone is he really killed it if you really? don't i think i think the saxophonist uh through the first song and even this song i thought that he did a very good job and just like 
nailed every single note and again just brought even more to it because what this is the first like show that we have that has a saxophone solo in it other than bringing out the band but a specific saxophone solo and i mean you can't beat that a saxophone solo is great everyone loves those so i thought he did a really good job yeah i think that i i don't disagree with you on that but kind of shifting my view to bruce himself he uh i think he did a good job of continuing the crowd interaction that he had in the first then Cool, cool guitar solo. I liked how there was a lot of focus on him playing guitar. Yeah. Was this the one where he did the guitar circles? No, that was at the very, very end. So then let me redo that. I, yeah. Why did I think that that was part of this? So yeah, the guitar, did he have a guitar solo? Doing... Yeah, he did during... Uh, uh, actually, did he have... Uh, I know he did the guitar circles, I think, at the end of Glory yeah. Days. I don't know if there was any specific solo, but I know it was that. Um, I didn't write down guitar solo during this song, though, so maybe he didn't. I'll, I'll I just say, fo- I know for a fact that they focused on his guitar, though, because then he he finally he put on the guitar. Yeah. So, Sam, kind of shifting our view back over to Bruce, I really thought that he continued the crowd interaction very well, and that translated well from the first song, but... I also liked, I should say, uh, the focus on him playing guitar because at this point he transitioned to the guitar, which was cool. But overall, found this song a little disappointing. Really? Why is that? Really? I thought it sounded terrible. Wow. I thought I thought they did a great job with it. I and thought it sounded I really thought he good. sounded out of breath, which now let me just Quick disclaimer here. Again, being a little bit of a snob today. But he's he's an older man at this point. He and he's running around. Old. And he's running yeah. around like a teenager. So I understand. I understand. And of course, you don't always expect everything to sound exactly like it does on the album. But here, I was. this was the song that when I looked at the set list, I was most excited for this song. 100%. I was pumped for it. This is my favorite Bruce Springsteen song. And I it just fell flat for me. I was not a huge fan of it. I I would disagree. I thought that they sounded very good. I thought um everything hit their mark, the fireworks even. I even though that's not really sound-wise, but I thought everything sounded exactly like it. Just note, just from the time they start that second verse to like the very end, I thought overall they sounded really, really well. I would almost say that this maybe should have been the ending song, like the very last one instead of Glory Days. But I think structurally, the way that it kind of worked itself out and what they were trying to do with the show, it still works. But I don't know. Overall, overall, I thought again, it sounded perfectly fine. I, I think it sounded, they did a good job with it. And then it goes right into the slower song of uh, Working on a Dream. Now, Working on a Dream was the newest album 
that he was releasing, I think it released maybe like a week or so before the Super Bowl, and this song was the hit song off of it. And normally, I would say definitely just go with the hits, go with everything that you like people know and whatnot. And while I do, I think that this, to me, this was probably their weakest song, but thank God that they had a gospel choir come in and essentially save it because it made the song sound so much more epic and so much better. Cause when, when I listened to this on my phone recently, cause I was like, I wonder what these sound like not live. When I heard it on my phone recently, I was like, yeah, this sounds okay. But then watching it and whatnot and seeing that gospel choir come out, I'm like, Oh, this works right here. This is how you make a new song. Good. You bring in a gospel choir again. It even, it brought me some joy. It brought me a little bit of laughter. Cause it's like, Oh my God, like <laughs> when do we ever get to see this happen? Especially for this. So I think the gospel choir definitely saved this from uh, being the worst song in the set list. Yeah. I mean, I was 100% on board with you with the choir. I didn't know this song. Like I said, I'm not a big Bruce Springsteen head, but yeah, I I think that the choir is really what saved it here. I liked it because, again, you and I have both talked about how we like when they bring in people from... I don't know if the choir was actually from the area, but I like I, it when they yeah. bring in a big ensemble. Look at that word. It's a big-time yeah, word. Choir, I'm feeling, I'm feeling was, very snobby today. The choir was from the area. I have that in my notes. Oh, well, Somebody they brought the choir from the area. And I like it when they bring in ensembles from the area because they are, they always elevate the performance in my opinion. Yeah. And so I did that. I like the lights that all the audience was holding. I think that at this point I've had my suspicions, but now I'm sure that the NFL hands out these lights to people Absolutely. as they walk into the stadium. So yeah, that's cool. And I, I think I'm all for it. I'm all 100% in for this. Yeah. The gospel choir, they really, they, they stepped it up. They're, they're in, like, I have a lot of people in the MVP re race because I just thought so many people did such a great job that uh, some, some people might be shocked by who I pick as my MVP at the very end. So we'll find out, but anything else or do we want to go to glory days? The Let's move on to glory days. So immediately when this song started, I thought of the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when uh, I think it's Charlie and Dennis, they go to the convention for like the animal rights activists and then they're hanging out with um, the people from the Phillies <laughs> the whole day because that song plays during that episode. So I was just thinking of that during it. And, uh, and one of the things that I even noticed too was the man who killed it with the saxophone he got downgraded to a cowbell or maybe it's an upgrade, it's up, but <laughs> he definitely changed it up. But you know what? He was still hitting it. He was still having a fun time hitting that cowbell. And again, I thought, I thought they did a really good job with this song too. You could, you could definitely hear the crowd singing along to this one was uh, another thing that I noticed for sure. Like everybody was just getting into it and it ended up being the right song to end on. I thought. 
Yeah, I mean, this is an iconic song, and I think this is the best song in the entire set, in my opinion. I, I like the guitar solo. I like the cool guitar circles that he did. That was that was. Do we want to also uh, talk about the little exchange he had with uh, his guitarist, Steve? Oh, give me one second, because I will talk about that. I like the I really... fireworks. <laughs> I think it sounded the best. And I think that when the ref showed up, it just showed <laughs> that he was having fun and had a sense of humor. Yeah. The the ref showing up was definitely where it's like every like he was very self-aware of everything going on in this and had a, a great time. Nice. Steve, I think it's quitting time already. We're going to be going to overtime. We're in penalty time. And then the ref comes out and throws the flag in the air. The referee, he killed it on that flag throw also. I mean, he's in my MVP race because he did a great <laughs> job of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was... That was probably my favorite part of the whole performance. Yeah. And he that, ends that even with, I'm going to Disneyland. That was, that was awesome. I really liked that. I, I liked that aspect that he said. Yeah. That he little really, reference. he really killed the ending. And again, as you said, the guitar, he spun it around his neck seven times and the fireworks were going off and the whole band, they were still doing the bah, bah. But and it's like, oh, this is gonna just keep going and going. He's never gonna stop. It's just like, what an ending this was. What an ending. Very electric. I thought that, although, like you said, you wish that "Born to Run" would have been the last song. I thought yeah. that this one was a very good finisher. Well, because so. "Born to Run," I don't know. Maybe again, because I have somewhat of a personal connection because of my graduation party. It did real. It almost feels like that has to be the song you end on. But they they na they nailed the execution even without having that being the ending song. So what do I know? I guess. So. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> you know nothing. So this. They really, <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. I've just been watching all these halftime shows. And, and doing all the research. Them. Doing the research. And, I just uh, show up every day watching what you send me and tell me to watch. I come the, with no prior day, knowledge other than what's in my head. Already. Day of the recording. I spend one. I spend a whole day, my whole entire like three days before our recording, I spend at least half the day just doing research, just seeing if there's any interesting tidbits I can bring up, end up using none of them. <laughs> like I have the, I have what the Super Bowl, uh, like how many people were viewing the Super Bowl? How many people were viewing the Super Bowl, Sam? So in total, it was 98.7 million and the highest peak was 116 0.6 million and many people say that was during the halftime performance so wow yeah wow and i'm glad you spent a half a day to look up that fact <laughs> so you, we could use the one fact that you used i've been doing that for every single episode and we haven't used any of them until now <laughs> yeah i watch my performances about 15 minutes before and then sam and i usually talk 15 minutes before we start recording and that's the 15 minutes before so usually i turn off the video and then i call sam so yeah, just a little insight into the the life of your your hosts. Yeah. So this is fresh so, in my mind. This yeah, and I mean, I it's it's somewhat fresh in my mind. Only a couple days old. So all right. Yeah. Well, what were your overall, overall thoughts? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was me cute. You? you said that at the same going time. First? You Are we saying please, Sam. Okay. You me? You okay. you did way more research, man. You go. <laughs> Thank you. Overall, I give this one 90-degree thumbs up. 
which is pretty good. I loved this. I thought Bruce Springsteen having just so much fun throughout the whole entire thing really helped it and put it all together. I, uh, to me, there's just, there's a lot of moments to laugh at. There's a lot of moments to love. And overall, Dan, out of the nine shows we've seen so far, this goes probably number two, maybe number three. I got to think about it hard with you two. I really got to think, do I want to put this ahead of the YouTube? performance? Let's just take you two out of it. Let's take you two out of this. Yeah. Cause as we all know, you two has an asterisk. That's our shirt. So <laughs> um, taking you two out of it, this is an easy number two behind Prince because I'll be honest, I can't put this above Prince. His was just like, oh, I mean, this does not deserve to be above Prince. I I loved the humor aspect. Prince that he is the king, the show, but yeah, Prince is the king. You, you're, this is like I don't know what's gonna beat that. I'm really wondering if we we peaked already with <laughs> with having the best <laughs> one of Prince. I fear that, but you know what? It could happen sometime in the future. It might still happen to where one could be better than Prince, and we're going to have to find out. But I'm putting this, yeah, taking you two out. I'll put this at my number two slot right now. Wow. Here were my overall thoughts. Before I get into my actual ranking and rating, I first want to say I thought it was good. I may be a little bit snobby today, but I did like this performance. It was one of the better ones, especially based off of what we've heard recently. The, ugh, yikes. But I thought it was laid back. I thought it was fun. And I thought it was funny, which makes it the first of its kind out of what we've seen. Because, I mean, I think that, it, of course, it isn't the best. And it's not inherently unique. But I like the... I guess the presence that they brought on stage and how focused it was on the actual performers other than Bruce Springsteen. They talked a lot about the band. They highlighted the band a lot, which was really cool. And it's something that I feel like we haven't really seen with any of the performances that we've actually liked. So I thought that that made it unique. And I, again, I liked how he addressed the, audience at home but i will say i thought that the performance was mainly focused on the music itself which is totally fine there wasn't as many theatrics involved because again he's an 80 he's a not an 80 year old man he's a 60 year old man at the time and i mean i'm not expecting him to get up there and do backflips and cartwheels but i thought that it was it was very centered toward the music and at points, I didn't think that he sounded that good. So, I mean, that's what really prevented this from being a great performance in my eyes. Personally. And okay. I, I liked how laid back it was. I want to highlight that. I thought that he was just cool, calm, and collected, and very suave on stage. He's the boss. He is the boss. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, I'm... I, Maybe a 35 degree angle upwards. It's positives. But this is going behind Janet Jackson. All right. Well, you know what? I enjoyed watching Janet Jackson's performance more than I liked watching this one. There were many aspects in this performance that were better than and went better than in the other performance by Janet Jackson, but 
there was just something about that Janet Jackson performance that I think back to it and I'm like, this is hilarious. I enjoyed pretty much every moment of this, even when it was terrible. You're, you're thinking mainly the P. Diddy, Nelly slash Kid Rock stuff. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> that stuff to you has been like, other than Prince, the highlight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Um, What would you have as your most laughable LOL moment of the week? The ref. The ref? For sure. To me, there's a lot to choose from. I could take the opening speech. I could take him sliding into the camera. I could take the ref. I could take the saxophonist having a cowbell. Heck, even the fact that he's just 60 and doing all this stuff with so much energy brings me such a smile and makes me laugh. And the gospel choir, even. But I think what I'm going to go with is the slide. I know it's a little anticlimactic because I already named the slide and that's on me, but I'm just looking at uh, my list and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I should have gone with the slide. The slide, I mean, come on. He crashed into it and there's even another video that's like kind of trying to, that has some like behind the scenes of it with the show. And apparently he just like was supposed to slide on the very edge of the stage. But instead of on the very edge, he clearly went more inward in the middle, and that's why he crashed into the camera. And I guess he just didn't even realize that there was a camera there. And was just like, oh my god, what was I supposed to do? And just like the face he makes, he's like, oh, this is, what, this is not what I should have done. I shouldn't have done this slide. So I gotta go with the slide. It's pretty great. I, respect I do, love, do love the speech and telling me to put those chicken fingers down. Because that was pretty good also. I liked that best moment for me i'd say glory days i think that i or no i'm gonna take it back i'm gonna go with the speech as the best moment that was that was stupid that's what i meant to say (laughs) i'm gonna agree and also go with the speech it just perfect belongs in the football hall of fame yeah along with some of the other like vince they probably have like 10 vince lombardi speeches in there somewhere so this should go right next to those (laughs) With an asterisk, said said during the halftime. Not in the locker room, on the field, on television. By a musical artist, not a football player. Or coach. Or coach, yeah. So, Dan, as we all know, we have to have a halftime MVP. Who's it going to be for you? Dude, I'm feeling very snobby, and I'm feeling like just very vanilla today. So I'm going to disappoint the audience and just go with the Baus himself. B-A-U-S. All right. Which is now, Bruce Springsteen. I, I, Even though I do think he did great, I will not go vanilla. I will choose a surpriser. Is it going to be the saxophonist? Is it going to be the gospel choir? Or is it going to be the referee? The answer is the gospel choir. Because they single-handedly saved that third song, which yeah. could have ended up, <laughs> which could That's have ended fair. up down downgrading the entire show itself. So without them coming in, then the whole thing, the whole entire product itself, would not have worked because that one song would have been like such a downer. So I think they did a great job and they saved the show. They're my MVP. That's respect. Nothing but respect for that choir. Yeah. Sam's MVP for the Bowels. Yep, there you go. 
Well, I think that about does it for us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please consider subscribing. And we look forward to you guys listening in next week where we talk about who, Sam? Who's who's up next week? Uh, next week, we have a laser light show featuring music by The Who is uh, what I've got written down. So just the I music. Got, I got some bad news. Laser light show. Yeah. My mom, when I told her what we were doing all those weeks ago, there was one halftime performance that stuck out to her as one of the worst and that was the who so yeah, this... i i in some respects i'm excited i want to see what my mom is talking about see if it's truly be... one of the worst you should be excited on that um because it is famously known as one of the worst and it's famously known also as killing the dad rock era so you Thank should be excited that we are almost goodness. done with it so all in all we got one more and then we're done with this era we can go on to the Black Eyed Peas and everything else. Oh.